a father would say, you can best tell the state of the union by looking to the state of the roads. Count the potholes, check the bridges. The roads are the veins and arteries of the union, son. They pump the blood of America, so look to the roads. It's been a long many years since the collapse, and I'm looking at them now high cab of old stars, and the roads, there ain't a better way to put it, so I'll just say it straight. The roads are in a sad, sorry state. Byways, Episode 1, Big Rock Candy Mountains. All right, let's see if this tape recorder works. Piece of junk metal like this, I'd be surprised. Testing. Testing. It's whirring, that must mean something. Testing. Testing. Well, I'll be. It works. Didn't think much about what ought to come next. What I ought to tell you. I've seen plenty while driving on these broken roads. More than my share. More than most have seen in a lifetime. Where should I start? He's hobbling up to old stars, my semi-truck, slowly passing the trailer. At least, I think they're a he. Can't tell. And did it be improper to assume? They're looking at me funny. Probably thinks I'm a mirage. Yeah, I think that sometimes too. Well, friend, let's hear your story. They were the second one I saw that day. The first, I spotted lying half-covered in a culvert on the Great Smokies Scenic Byway. I couldn't see much of their upper, shaded by the culvert as it was. But they were without shoes, feet cut up and caked by dirt or dried blood or both. Their trousers torn, tattered everything. What struck me was their travel bundle, or what they fashioned into one. A blanket stick, an honest-to-God bindle plucked from the storybooks. A red-and-white checkered picnic blanket tied up around the end of what could have been an old broom handle. 
the spitting image of a hobo walking the train tracks. Only this one, asleep in a culvert, already starting to stir their bindle to the side. Now, I can imagine what you're thinking, that there's no way I could have spotted all that from my cab while driving. But it's slow going on these mountain roads. Old Star's gears were whining at me then, but it was a sweet song she sang. I know when she's crying or screaming. And coming around that curve, straight road stretched ahead, I had plenty of moments to study the first hobo half asleep in the culvert. It wasn't too long before my eyes started playing tricks, though. Would have sworn I saw flashes of the same red and white between the trees lying in the road long after I passed that culvert. Figured it might be time for some rest myself. Pulled off when I could, took a quick nap on the outskirts of what was once Gatlinburg, Tennessee. A decrepit reminder of old America, if there ever was one. But I'm starting to digress. The second hobo, then, shuffling down the road, out of town, bindle stick on his shoulder. They were as tattered and road-worn as the first, thumb out by reflex. Well, if that ain't an invitation, I've never seen one. And you know me. I'm always one to take on a passenger, regardless of the risk. Hello there, friend. Climb on up. You... You've got a truck. A real truck. She's not much, but she's mine. You headed anywhere particular, or just headed? To the Big Rock Candy Mountains. The Big Rock Candy Mountains. Like the song? The very one. You wouldn't know it, would you? As a matter of fact, I just might. Could you sing it? Sing it? I haven't sung since... I haven't sung since I sang to you. Uh, uh, sir? I uh, lost my train of thought there. Singing's not my strength, so I'll pass on that. But I'll take you there, all the same. Fair direction I should be going in? I can guide you, sir, if you'd like. Well then, to the Big Rock Candy Mountains. The Big Rock Candy Mountains, where it's Sunday all year long. And every hobo's welcome, no matter how far gone. Where the tin cups don't need top-offs and still the liquor freely flows. Take me there, where the weather's fair. And there ain't no lights to pick from your hair. Those Big Rock Candy Mountains. I'd heard that song about the hobo's paradise enough times to recognize the name. I guess I'd like to see them for myself, too. Though I... Don't imagine I'll be singing anytime soon. Did you ever pass through Gatlinburg before the collapse? 
I say through because Gatlinburg was never the kind of place one went to. It was always a place on the edge of something. A place sprung up because enough people thought to go to that thing. The Great Smoky Mountains. A beautiful park back when most wild was tamed and that what was left was gathered up and replaced in boundaries. And right there on the edge, in bold defiance of that wild, there was the best of what America had on offer. Kitsch on every corner. The melting pot next to TGI Fridays, your Starbucks, they're a bubble gum. Oh, Ben and Jerry's. I'll take a scoop of Cherry Garcia, please. All out? Hmm. How about the Americone Dream? The signs are all still there, but those places have long since fallen. The boundary failed. The wilderness of the park crept into Gatlinburg. Slowly or all at once, it's all the same. But that's true for the whole country. The wilderness has encroached on almost everything now. I see that wild every day over the dash of my cab. I wonder, what do you see? We didn't see much for a stretch. Trees and more trees lining the road. At one point, a sleek black company car passed in the opposite direction, long way from home. I made sure my passenger was well out of their view, skirted it as best I could. Didn't imagine that would arouse any suspicion. They like it when you yield. The hobo fell asleep in the passenger seat. He and they were a he. After all, put me on the right road, so he said. Headed north, northeast. The road was a bit more beat up than you were ever used to, but it's a wonder what you can get used to, given enough exposure. I asked him some questions, casual fare, his name, how long he'd been walking, searching for his mountains. His answers were vague, unimportant. To him and therefore to me, even his name was spoken with indifference. He was missing three teeth on the left side, gave his speech a sort of whistle, a dreamlike quality. He was drifting, so I let the conversation die. No sooner than he closed his eyes, I started to see more of them. One at a time at first, then in droves. A host of hobos of all shapes and sizes. Some slept among the trees like the first, their bindle sticks to the side. Others walked along the road. These ones I could study too. It was slow going still. Their faces were covered in dirt, unwashed, almost featureless in their uniform grime. And their bindles were all the same. The same spear of wood, an old broom handle most like, too round and smooth, and the same red and white checkered picnic blanket tied on the end. I must have seen a hundred along the road. None of them stuck out their thumbs. 
wouldn't have had space for all of them anyway. Quite a spell you slept. You're still headed down your road, don't you worry. Are you getting any closer to your big rock candy mountains? Not mine. Everyone's. There's room for you too, kind sir. Well, I'll see how it is when we get there and decide then. How about that? Maybe the other ones will... Hmm. Could have sworn they were right outside. What's that? Nothing. Really? Been driving a while is all. Well, I, I sure hope I haven't caused you too much detour. I don't imagine you have. North is north, and that's where I'm headed. But it'll be dark soon, and this road of yours has been tricky enough in the rain. It would be near impossible to see the potholes after the light goes, what with them all filled with water. Next chance I get, I'm going to park her for the night. Don't worry, you're welcome to sleep inside and stay dry. I've got an extra bunk in the sleeper. Thank you, sir. I'll repay your kindness when we get there. I imagine you will. You always said I was too kind. What did I used to say back? Oh, right. Fuck! <sighs> Shouldn't try to start something. It ain't exactly fair when you can't respond. Anyway, if there's one thing this world could use, it's more kindness. Besides, I couldn't make him wait outside. He needs a shower, sure, but not like that. I put him in the top bunk. He went out quick. He's a good sleeper, that's for sure. A deep sleeper, by all accounts. Which would just be my account, I guess. I'm still a light sleeper. Still a lot of things. I'm sure you wouldn't think me changed at all. What? I checked on my passenger after the noise woke me. He was still soundlessly asleep, his dirt-caked face in peaceful repose. A good a time as any to check on the cargo, too. If I haven't spoke on it much, you'll know why soon enough. I climbed out of the cab into the rain, barely made out the road in the pitch black, nearly tripped, and to feel along the side of old stars. Near the rear of the trailer, the lightning snaked across the sky, and by its light, I saw them, standing by the tree line, hovering, shivering in the cold. Must have been thirty, easy. I wouldn't have known them for anything but strangers, save for their checkered bindles, all held aloft on their shoulders. Well, that won't exactly do. Wasn't too cold, but I don't imagine a soak would do him any good. And that lightning struck awful near. I opened the trailer and called him close. It was a struggle to outroar the rain, but I managed. 
I told them they could sleep in the back, them that fit. Didn't even tell them to mind the cargo. They didn't need telling. You might be the deepest sleeper I've ever met. Uh, can't be helped, really. It just gets so tiresome carrying all the others. Carrying them? Yeah, well, uh, they couldn't carry themselves any longer, so, so I offered to carry them the rest of the way. <laughs> I sure am glad you came along when you did, though. It would have taken a, a whole lot longer if you hadn't. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would have. The cargo was ten small, sleek black boxes strapped to the cabin side wall. The trailer near empty, aside from them. And yet not a one of the hobos walked further than halfway down the length of the trailer. No accident that. Halfway was about as far as they could go before they started to make out the company logo embossed on the side of each box. I was worried about the cargo, sure, but it was in no danger from them. They gave it as wide a berth as they could. They turned away from it, as if ignoring it meant it weren't there. Turned towards me, and by the small light of the trailer door, I saw their faces, washed clean by the rain, their features in stark relief. The rising hill of a nose curled up at the end the jagged ridge of a brow drawn tight, the crater of an acne scar under the left eye, the depressed ponds of two thin cheeks stretched over a square jaw, the exact same sallow face on all of them. Different bodies, for sure, but the exact same face. They all smiled their thanks, and I saw they were missing three teeth on the left side. I imagined then that if I'd gotten the chance to wash clean my passenger's face, asleep as he was in the top bunk of my sleeper cabin, I'd see the same nose, the same cheeks, the same acne scar. But it would be rude to wash a man's face without asking, ain't that right? I smiled back at him, waved up, then closed the swing doors. Didn't lock them, of course. Would you have done different? Mmm, this can't be good. Hey, you gotta wake up now. You hear? You wake up! Wake up! I woke at dawn. My passenger was still in that deep sleep of his, so I checked on the other same-face hobos in the trailer. Had a theory about them. Figured it wouldn't hurt to look. It was nothing certain, more of feeling than a theory, really. Thought better of testing it when I swung open those doors, though. They were all fast asleep as well, stretched out on the trailer floor. Closer to the cargo, but still far enough soaking wet, water pooled beneath them. Didn't have the heart to wake him in the end. 
Figured I wasn't in a rush, and roads as bad as they were, I could go slower than usual, not jostle them too much. Besides, if my feeling proved true, they wouldn't be in the back for long. Soon as my passenger woke up, they'd be gone. That's how it works, isn't it? They only show up while my passenger sleeps? You were always the smarter one. I figured you'd picked up on that much already. Not that it mattered, as I saw it. I'd take the ones I could. Haven't you heard? There's room for everyone in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. I closed the doors on them, secure for the road. Couldn't stand for one of them to fly out. After a short while, I set out. Didn't get too far. Not often that I do, though, is it? Morning. What brings the company out to these parts? You have a license to truck through company lands? Yes, ma'am, of course. And here's the cargo manifest. We've been seeing some unregistered people on the road. Wouldn't know anything about that, would you? No, ma'am. You're carrying company goods. That's all? Nothing else? That's all, ma'am. No illicit goods or passengers? Not that I'm aware of, ma'am. Let's go check the back then. After you. Well, that wouldn't exactly do. Wasn't going to end well as long as my passenger was asleep. If she found the others, my license would be the least of my worries. And no telling what would become of them. Couldn't think of a way to wake him, though. Save for one. Didn't much want to try it, but we all had a fair amount to lose. It was rainy gloom on the first of June When that hobo he came crawling through the forest there What are you doing? Just tapping out an old folk song. Been stuck in my head a short while. (laughs) Well, stop it. Through the forest there to my truck down here. Not a care for what I'm hauling. I said Uh, knock it off. Sure, sure. Well? Open the back. What are you waiting for? He said, give me a lift straight and swift beyond the broken fountains. Just come with me, we'll go and see the big rock candy. Mountains. Open it now. Easy there, ma'am. No need for weapons. I'll open her up. Nice and slowly. I was tense, but there wasn't much else I could do other than open those doors. Never been one for praying, but if I wasn't too focused on the drawn pistol, 
I'm sure I would have found something to pray to. Maybe I owe that something now. What's with the water? <laughs> it rained last night. Must have been a leak. <laughs> well, fix it then. If you can't transport company goods safely, we'll have to revoke your license. Understood? Yes, ma'am. Understood. And no more singing. You're terrible at it. The same face hobos were gone. Nothing to know them by but the pool of water they left behind. Company woman stood on the close side of the puddle, strained to inspect the ten sleek black boxes at the far back. She wasn't too keen on getting closer either. Satisfied, she climbed on down and sent me on my way. I drove past her sleek black car, pulled off to the side of the road as it was, waiting there for old stars and I for who knows how long. Didn't feel much like yielding this time. Barely a moment passed before my passenger climbed down from the sleeper and settled into the seat beside me. I was glad enough my singing had worked to wake him. Didn't fancy starting up again though. Just focused on driving. It was hard enough on those roads as it was, for myself and for old stars. Not sure I can make it up these bends. The road's too chewed up to get enough speed. But they're right there. The Big Rock Candy Mountains. Can't you see it? Huh. I suppose I can, if those are them. Sure look like regular mountains to me, though. Wait, where are you going? Why are you backing up? They're, they're right there. There was a fork a short ways back. That road should detour around this part and link up in the valley there. We can try our luck. Or you can run off. That's an option too. Hey, wait! Your bindle! He had run up around the bend, leaving in the passenger footwell his life possessions, whatever they amounted to. Must have meant something, though, at some point, for him to have carried them all this way. I was loath to leave the cargo, but I imagined a few moments couldn't hurt all that much. I backed old stars up into the turnout and parked, whispered an apology for her ales. Walking up around that bend, I expected to see him close. He couldn't have moved that fast. But the hobo was nowhere in sight. I tried looking further around the road, but the sun caught my eyes and blinded me. 
With a hand over my eyes, the dazzle cleared, and I started to hear it. I searched across the valley, and right where he said they were, I saw them. The big rock candy mountains. Rippling mounds of tree-covered green, no sharp edges to them. At first glance, they seemed the same as all the others along the ridgeline, except for the low glint sparkling back at me. My passenger was there, all right, though I could barely make him out, hiking up the side. He was the one without the splash of red and white over his shoulder. The rest of them had it, though. The same face, hobos, I assumed. I know I shouldn't be making too many assumptions, but I think that was a fair one. He'd made good on his word, carried them that couldn't carry themselves. Once he'd arrived, there was no point in the others staying inside him. Even awake, they'd all come out. And now, en masse, they were all ascending the middle mountain, whistling. I watched as the lucky first few reached the plateaus at the top. No sooner than they did, they started drinking from alcohol springs, leading rubber-toothed bulldogs on harmless chases. It was a sight to see. I wish I could have shown it to you. I hung the bindle over my shoulder and walked back down to Old Star's. Almost tripped over something, black and glistening. I reached down to pick it up, held it close. Rock candy. I didn't need to lick it to know that. Must have come from the mountains, causing that glint I had seen before. I cradled it in my free hand, chucked it on the top sleeper bunk with the bindle. My hobo friend wouldn't be needing it now, and I couldn't leave the cargo as long as it would take to get it to him. I could try to go up that road one more time, but I had heard enough of old stars screaming for one day. Didn't need to put her through that again. And who knows, that detour around the fork could still lead into that valley and the base of the big rock candy mountains. I'm driving toward it now, so I'll know soon. I'll try my luck. Although, there's a short supply of that nowadays. I'm sure you know that as well as I do. And even if I do get to see him, I can't stay there for long. The cargo has a destination. Can't forget that. The company waits for no one. Not like you ever did either. Not like you ever could. Scenic Byways is written, directed, and produced by me, Ben Sembler. In order of appearance, this episode features performances by Jason Culp, Danny Chambers, and Heather J. Ryan. The theme music was composed by the incredibly talented Rosie Tucker. For a full list of credits, as well as transcripts and other material, visit the website scenicbywayspodcast.com Sign up to the newsletter for exclusive bonuses and be sure to follow us on Twitter at scenicbywayspod that's scenicbywayspod and on Instagram at scenicbywayspodcast Thanks for listening. Drive safe.